All right, good morning, everybody. Let's jump right in, talk about some of the top 10 trending crypto articles today that I could find. As always, everything we talk about is linked down in the description, so you can head down there if you want to learn more about any of the articles I've talked about or do your own research. Always do your own research. That's just me. But let's jump into things. We got to talk about Zillica and Tron. We already touched on Tron yesterday. But after the success that Dogecoin has had because of uh, TikTok going viral, uh, Justin Sun did his usual troll thing where he like, hey, yeah, Tron's going to hop on too. But yeah, no, at the time of writing uh, <laughs> the original Doge video by James Gallant, um, has over 73,000 likes and 6,000 comments on TikTok. And you can see in this graph below, if you're watching, if you're listening, don't worry about it, I'll tell you, it goes. It is growing. It shot up by like 50%. I think volume of Dogecoin increased by almost like 700 with traders going back and forth. A bunch of big exchanges added it or re-added it back to their thing. So it's been uh, it's been good for Doge, which for those of you who don't know is a joke coin, a meme coin that some guy made in 2013 that made him a millionaire and he was just trolling. So, you know, good for him and stuff. Uh, Justin's son came out and said that Tron will be focusing on TikTok a little bit more. And of course, Zillica popped on up. So the potential of TikTok and viral videos centered on crypto projects also caught the eye of the Zillica community. Members of Zillica have wasted no time and are creating Zillica-centered TikTok content. Below is a tweet by the head of marketing at Zillica, Colin Miles, highlighting one such TikTok video. I believe the user's name is at blockchainandy. So yeah, Zillica. I love it. It's a fun little currency. I've um, been doing some research into it. I think it's uh, got a decent upside. Hopefully start seeing a bit more news about it, though. It's kind of hard to find articles. I want to see it continue to push and continue to grow. But TikTok, you got to be careful. Um, regulations in the crypto space are a little sparse. But while TikTok may be the most efficient way of crypto projects grabbing the attention of young investors right now, however, such a move might be walking a thin line by luring inexperienced and young, keyword there is young, traders and investors into the cryptoverse, given that 70% of the users on TikTok are between the ages of 13 and 24. So that's something you got to be careful about getting 16 year olds to buy into the crypto space i mean start young that's great but you know there are your local laws rules and regulations to consider and for the crypto space to grow we need to do more than just pay them lip service in this industry but that's all i'll say about that pretty sparse article I'm just glad to see uh, Zillica's making some moves. Keep up that guerrilla marketing. Keep doing your thing. And you'll see success down the road, hopefully. All right. Let's top, hop on over and talk about VeChain again. So the Intercontinental Hotel Group out there in China adopts MyCare and Binance, more importantly, 
is adding VChain staking. Uh, effective today, I do believe. So the Intercontinental Hotel Group will burn through them real quick. They're a giant in the hotel industry. They have 842,700 rooms and 5,656 hotels in over 100 countries. So they own the Intercontinental, Regent Hotels, Six Senses, Crown Plaza, Holiday Inn, Holiday Inn Express, and their revenues are about $4 billion for last year. Probably going to take a bit of a hit this year. Just going just gonna to say that. So my care currently is being used to document the risk of COVID-19 infection and to manage and safely secure, the store, secure and store the data. Oh my goodness, sorry. The tool uses the VChain Toolchain BOSS platform. According to local news media, certificates issued with MyCare will allow the IHG to continue to operate under the strict compliance regulations that have been established during the pandemic. In addition, it was reported that the launch of MyCare was announced during the World AI Conference, which if those of you remember, VChain had a keynote speaking spot at. So, I mean, this coin has been on fire on freaking fire lately. So, Lu Yang, co-founder and CEO of VChain, believes in the new normal brought about by the epidemic. Consumers' pursuit of trust is unprecedentedly high. I agree with that. Blockchain technology will become um, an improvement in data integrity and business credibility, an important guarantee for multi-chain cooperation and mutual trust. I totally, wholeheartedly agree. MyCare is going to be huge, and VChain is probably going to see a bit of success as a result of it, though that is my opinion, and I am not a financial advisor. Do not take anything I say without a huge, heaping, heaping helping of salt. But let's talk about the fun stuff. Binance introduces VET staking. They announced via its Twitter account they'll support the staking of the token. Uh, the VET staking service has been highly requested by the community, and they listened. So, VThor will be distributed monthly. So, the VET token, users must have a balance greater than one. Um, the exchange clarified that though VTO generation will be calculated daily, the distribution of staking rewards will be done monthly before the 15th of each month, and the exchange will start staking as of today. Bam, they just dropped that truth bomb for us all. You can stake. Poof. Oh, man. So that is great. You can hold your VET and get rewarded in VTHO. Oh, man. Good times. This coin, I'm having a hard time finding negative news about it, other than the people down in the comments who don't care for it. That's fine. Don't have to like every project out there. But I'm certainly keeping an eye on it, and I will tell you, I don't own any. Probably should by this point, given how much people are liking it, but I unfortunately don't. But we got to keep moving. Let's talk about Orchid. They just did something great. So the ORCID token, or OXT, is up 11% after the Apple Store app debut. So for those of you who don't know, ORCID is a crypto-powered privacy network. It's a VPN. Um, this will allow users to buy an account with the app in US dollars, which is awesome. Um, it's a pretty big deal given Apple's 
traditional restrictive policies and the OXT token holders are already reaping the benefits. Um, so yeah, following the launch, Orchid rose from 1.6, about 16 cents to 17 cents uh, after hitting the App Store. And then it rose, almost getting to 18 cents the following day uh, before falling back to its current price of 16.8 cents. So it popped up and then dropped back down. So a perfect sale this week would have netted a lucky investor almost 20% in profit. So Orchid is a decentralized virtual private network that sits atop the Ethereum blockchain. So a VPN, for those of you who don't know, is a service that makes computers think you're in a different location to allow users to browse the internet anonymously. So if the website's banned in your country, a VPN could make the computer look like you're in a different country so you could bypass that country's firewall. Regular VPN companies have servers dotted around the world, but they can still monitor their users' activity and their customers must trust them not to sell, out, sell them out to authorities. Orchid's decentralized VPN is a bit different. Uh, it aggregates bandwidth from these different VPN servers and lets users hop in between them, thus preserving their privacy even more than a traditional VPN would which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so obviously you can buy an account within the app, pay for it in US dollars, and there's no need to acquire or transfer crypto at all, wrote the company in a blog post. This Orchid hopes will simplify the onboarding process for users, thereby expanding its network. I wholeheartedly agree. Prior to this, you would have to buy OXT on Ethereum, run smart contracts, transfer keys, and install a Web3 browser. I believe OXT is on Coinbase, so you could buy it that way as well. That bit, that way as well. But now there's an app for it, so don't got to worry about it. Big news for a smaller little project. I'm interested to see where it goes. I didn't know much about Orchid before this, but I'm glad to see that someone in the crypto space is tackling internet privacy, not just for the crypto itself, but for the application it supports. So pretty cool. All right, let's hop over and talk about Chainlink. There's some analysts out there saying it's going to be bigger than Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but I do think Chainlink is quite interesting. So this guy, Timothy Peterson, is a top crypto analyst. Don't know what that means. Uh, believes that Chainlink will eventually be bigger than Bitcoin. His prediction is based on the fact that Link is not affected by Bitcoin's price movements. Not much. Uh, furthermore, the price of Link is dependent on Chainlink's user growth, which is blowing up right now, and it allows for the interaction of real-world information. Mm -hmm. So this Timothy Peterson guy, oh, wow, he moved his excess money out of his Chase bank account into Link. Good for him. And he's talking about $8 per Link? Dear Lord. So key to his analysis is Metcalf's Law which he also used to predict a $10,000 value of Bitcoin by mid-August. Eh, we might get there. In the tweet predicting that Chainlink would be bigger than Bitcoin, he shared the following chart, uh, which just shows Chainlink on a slow and steady rise. Um, 
Yeah, so unlike most other cryptocurrencies and tokens, Link was not materially influenced by Bitcoin's price movements. The, mer the merit to this finding lies not only in an investment diversification benefit, but in that almost none of the popular naysay arguments about Bitcoin would have much weight for Link, eh. and that Link's user's growth rate has been about 17% per month. Insane. We also know that Chainlink is being used with the blockchain service network in China, and they recently just dropped with like 135 nodes while they're testing and developing. So I don't own Chainlink. I feel like I'm pretty dumb at this point not to own Chainlink. Um, it's on the rise. It's Oracle technology, which allows you know the importation of outside and real-world data onto the blockchain to affect the outcome of the blockchain is pretty huge and it's something that does not get talked about near enough and this is someone who traditionally really 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 hated all the shilling of Chainlink I saw on other websites you know the ones I'm talking about um, so I'm pretty interested to see where this goes but alright well hey we got the big bomb drop that Coinbase was possibly looking at uh, going a public but these were all rumors. However, Coinbase just planned their first ever investor day. Uh, it's unclear whether the virtual event is related to these rumor eff rumored efforts. A Coinbase spokesman confirmed the meeting was coming, but said it was simply to facilitate a wider understanding of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. Will not be a traditional investor day, but rather an opportunity to hear our perspective on crypto economy and learn about Coinbase's role in the ecosystem, said the spokesman in a prepared statement, declining to provide further details. Eh, makes sense to me. They're trying to keep it pretty mum, because if you, up to this point, are a private investor in Coinbase, going public, that could do a lot. And they want to make sure all their investors don't just jump ship when they do. I can get out of here and make a profit, triggers huge market sell-off and tanks the stock price. I mean, that's what I would hope would happen, because then people like us could probably buy into it and make it killing later down the line. What do I know? So, yeah, the rumors popped up on Thursday. They're seeking legal teams in advance of filing for a public offering with the SEC. It'd be interesting to see. I'm excited for this investor day. I'm excited to see what Coinbase does. I'm not the biggest fan of Coinbase. They've got a lot of legitimate problems, but if they can work to overcome them and things like that, I think they could, you know, really, really, really uh, affect some true positive change in the space. And honestly, overall, they've done a lot for the space. They were one of the first companies where you could buy Bitcoin and Ethereum reliably using your bank account and fiat. So they, they've done good. They're not perfect, but they've done good. All right, we're at the halfway point already oh man take a nice little stretch and then let's get back into this all right let's hop over next two articles are about ethereum one's a bit of a downer and then the other one's a bit of a fun one so ethereum 2.0 possibly delayed until 2021 Oh my god, for those of you who may not have been in this space for long, we've been talking about Ethereum 2.0 since like 20 freaking 18. It keeps getting delayed. And honestly, it's getting to be a bit much for me at this point. I own 
a decent amount of Ethereum. Like if Ethereum did a 10x, I wouldn't be retiring, but I would be buying a nice house in the Midwest before you all start thinking I live on the coast or anything like that. I'd be buying a million dollar house. I'd be able to buy a moderately sized home in the Midwest. And I probably still would have a small mortgage, but it would definitely be a bit of a life changer for me. So an Ethereum Foundation researcher said that Ethereum 2.0 could be delayed yet again. His colleagues, specifically old Vitalik, don't agree. Oh man, Ethereum 2.0, for those of you who don't know, would transition the network from proof of work to proof of stake, which they've been promising oh, for so long. But it would mark a yet another delay, which has suffered several setbacks throughout the year. Um, Vitalik Buterin, in response to Drake on Reddit, Ethereum 2.0 might happen far sooner, he wrote in a comment. Uh, it would be the next version for the Ethereum blockchain, obviously. We talked about it would transition from proof of work to proof of stake. For the launch to happen, Ethereum would need a public testnet, a bug bounty program running for two to three months, said Drake. All of the above cannot happen in Q3 2020. I'm now inclined to say the earliest practical date for Genesis is something like January 3rd, 2021, which would be Bitcoin's 12th anniversary. Vitalik disagreed in reply to Drake's AMA. For him, it's full steam ahead. I personally quite disagree with this and would favor launching phase zero significantly before that date, regardless of level of readiness. I'd argue the four-month clock starting tick for us at the beginning of July. He referenced to this month's launch of Altona, a testnet for Ethereum 2.0. Uh, Ethereum Foundation researcher Danny Ryan also says Ethereum will launch this year. I and others are still putting money on 2020. I'll note others at uh, the Ethereum Foundation are more optimistic than me by a handful of weeks, Drake responded. So they're saying, yeah, 2020, and he's just like, yeah, 2021, let's agree to disagree. Um, Buterin said that the first phase of Ethereum 2.0 is in some ways simpler than ETH1 and in some ways more complex. The rollout of proof-of-stake network a departure from the current system among its complexities, but no more difficult to implement than the original blockchain, according to him. So when will Ethereum 2.0 come? Ah, who knows? They've been delaying for so long, and it's driving me nuts. I love Ethereum. It's long been my favorite project in the crypto space. And it's just, you can't keep doing these delays and expect the users to stick around forever. It's already stretching the point of credibility. You're getting overtaken. Like, uh, just let's do it. But it's not all doom and gloom for everyone's number two altcoin. Ethereum addresses are growing twice as fast as Bitcoins. Uh, mostly due to DeFi dApps and uh, Ponzi schemes. So, but it's still expanding. So it's doubled since the start of 2020, um, nearly at twice the rate of Bitcoins. Uh, data from blockchain analytics website Masari shows that Ethereum's active address account has increased by 118%. Bitcoins are only up by about 49. Uh, the most obvious answer is Ethereum is home to the top DAP applications, decentralized finance ones in specific. The rise of DeFi apps on Ethereum drove the blockchain's total number of unique addresses to over 100 million by early June. Uh, and a July report from DAP.com estimates that DeFi apps 
account for 97% of all DAP volume on Ethereum, which is insane. But while the rise of DeFi has undoubtedly contributed to the rise in unique Ethereum addresses, another Ethereum-based DAP may also be playing a role. For Saj, the most popular DAP on activity by user count was responsible for guzzling almost 13% of Ethereum's gas, which is the fuel that runs Ethereum. Uh, this means that for Saj, which the Philippines SEC has denounced as an unregistered security, um, I believe they also went as far as calling it up. Ponzi scheme. Um, the presence of Russian Ponzi scheme, known as MMM Global, has also contributed to the hoarding of Ethereum's computational power in recent times. Uh, these operations usually see funds transferred from address to address, adding to Ethereum's total unique address account. Oh man. Uh, either way, the presence of what Ethereum researcher and developer Felipe Castanagi told Decrypt were inevitable and unstoppable Ponzi schemes should also be considered when accounting for Ethereum's increased usage. So DeFi is the big guy, but you gotta keep an eye out for them Ponzi schemes. DeFi dApps is where Ethereum is shining right now, but they gotta get 2.0 so they can increase their transaction speeds because as these platforms go, Tron's jumping into the game. Cardano's gonna be jumping into the game. You already have a bunch of different people in this next article who have started up a DeFi alliance as the industry growth accelerates. So let's hop over and talk about that because I can't just keep yelling about Ethereum all morning. <laughs> so the Chicago DeFi alliance has added new advisory members. Uh, several traditional trading firms have already started providing liquidity and building trading strategies for the DeFi protocols. Obviously, good news. So, it's the point of the Chicago DeFi Alliance is to bridge the worlds of DeFi and traditional trading. Um, it added Aave and Parify. Good for them. Um, they're two fast rising players in the world of DeFi. Aave is a DeFi DAP, and it's one of the fastest growing at the moment. Oh my goodness. Earlier this week, it launched the credit delegation on its platform, enabling users who deposit digital assets to authorize other users to take out loans similar to a co-signing agreement. Uh, Parify, the other new member, incidentally just invested four and a half million bucks in Aave and made an undisclosed investment into the Kyber network through the purchase of KNC protocol tokens in the lead up to the Kyber DAO staking upgrade. So them joining ranks demonstrates the growing strength of the Chicago DeFi app, blah, 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 as a network and development vehicle. It was only founded in April, so it's pretty new. It launched with support from TD Ameritrade, Volt Capital, and Jump Capital, provides guidance and support for select DeFi startups navigating the regulations and complex asset trading operations in many of the countries. Uh, since inception, the group has gathered dozens of additional advisory members, including its most recent acquisitions. And then there's a lot of talk about other things. But it was incredibly helpful, according to Kyber Network CEO and co-founder Luay Wulu, uh, in terms of understanding and connecting with top market makers in Chicago and beyond. We have set up collaborations with a number of market makers and look forward to keeping in touch with the alliance. Um, and Open co-founder Alex Gauba says it has provided us with the unique opportunity to connect with traditional trading firms and understand their needs. Look, alliances like this, we will never see price spikes or anything like that when they join, at least 
I don't think so. Um, what I do think we'll start seeing with these is companies that join up to these partnerships, cryptos that add on, working together. This will help them develop, grow, share ideas, trade ideas, develop their platforms in different ways. This is overall very good for the space, but it's not something we're going to see a true return on. But these types of support organizations are huge, absolutely huge. And then continued development, of not just the DeFi space, but the crypto space as a whole. All right, moving on quickly, though, we got to talk about Elrond. Someone's either a Scientologist or a Lord of the Rings fan. I don't I don't know which is worse. I'm, I'm kidding. It's Scientology. Um, so Elrond is by far the best performing token of the leading 100 cryptocurrencies by market cap over the past week with more than 110%. As of writing these lines, ERD has surged by over 50% in the last 24 hours alone. And here's why. So... Elrond Mainnet, oh yeah, uh, it's only been around since August of last year, but at the end of this month it will launch its mainnet. And earlier today, Elrond uh, informed the community about the integration of SwingBuy, which provides an infrastructure for conducting token swaps between blockchains. The solution is decentralized, non-custodial, and is compatible with any digital wallet. Thus, Elrond's inter-blockchain protocol built with its partners will allow Elrond, along with other proprietary assets, to be swapped seamlessly with other cryptocurrencies, including the big two, because everyone is wondering about that. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Elrond Network is a blockchain product created from, according to this article, Starch, I think they mean scratch. Um, its architecture, <laughs> starch, uh, merges a secure proof of stake algorithm with a so-called adaptive state sharding mechanism, enabling unlimited scalability. They're claiming they can process over 10,000 transactions per second. Ethereum can do 15 uh, at a low cost and with a five second latency. The project's now partnering up with other blockchain and DeFi businesses to foster a borderless internet economy. Earlier this week, they partnered with FinNexus, ProDefi, and Orion Protocol. And Elrond Network has gained popularity as one of the first projects to fundraise via the Binance Launchpad. That's, that's where it came from. Pretty cool. I can see the price chart. Oh, man. Yeah, it has been just pumping. It's sitting at 1.2 cents. Looks like it was well below a third of a cent when it first well the April of this year so it's definitely definitely an interesting and up and coming cryptocurrency that it might be worth watching something to think about something to keep an eye on do your own research don't trust me anyways getting to the last article just want to let you guys know again scams exist I have seen three different scams on YouTube and I reported all three in the past week alone granted I'm on YouTube a lot more because of this but hey so they continue to flourish on YouTube seriously the identities of Vitalik Buterin and Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss founders of the Gemini exchange have been used to lure people into giving cryptocurrencies away like Bitcoin and Ether literally all it is is like live stream comments are disabled 
because they don't want anyone being like, it's a scam, it's a scam. And all it is is on like half the screen is just like a standard long talk that they've given about cryptocurrencies in the past. And then just uh, the other half is just like, hey, giveaway has started. Scan your QR code. Send any amount of Ethereum between either three to a thousand and we'll double what you get back. So you send us three, you'll get 30. You send us three, you'll get six back. You send us 10, you'll get 20 back. And they do all that. And even if 0.01% of people buy in, these streams have had like 50 to 70,000 viewers watching concurrently. You can still get seven people to do it. You've potentially made $1,000 in a day just by hacking someone's YouTube, posting this live stream, and just waiting for the money to come in. It is awful. Uh, YouTube is you know, trying to crack down on this and remove them as fast as they can. I'm not knocking YouTube on this. It's really hard to police. Like, They frequently block cryptocurrency-focused accounts that aren't scams. Like, There's a risk I might find myself blocked one day. Um, it may happen, and that's one of the risks you take by being in this space. But dear Lord, never, ever, ever, ever send anything to any of these. Please, never. All right, but that is going to wrap things up for me over here on Coin Market Cap. Uh, it's a pretty blah day. Bitcoin's up by a quarter percent. Ethereum's down by a quarter percent. Uh, everything's pretty small. Cardano is up 5% on the day. It's definitely going to be a little bit more volatile as Shelly uh, drops and the hard fork approaches here at the end of the month. Cannot wait. Rounding out the top 10, Litecoin, not much. Bit Binance Coin's up by about 3%. Crypto.com sitting there at about 0.8% up. Chainlink continues to rise and do well. Stellar had another jump, um, getting close back to 10 cents. Tezos is still kicking around at number 14 and Tron sitting at 15. So definitely some coins to watch out for. I hope everyone who's still listening at this point enjoyed it. Please like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening on my podcast, you know, subscribe. It really does help grow the channel. Um, let me know what you think. I and all I can say is thank you. I appreciate all those who currently do. It is very helpful, um, and I enjoy engaging with you guys. I really do. So, everyone, enjoy your days. Stay safe, and I'll be talking to you all tomorrow.